Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Music of Life Church podcast. We are going to discuss the Romans 8, 28 through 30 episode. If you haven't heard it, please give it a listen. We're going to help you understand how to interact with a person who holds the man-made traditional views of what we covered in the What the Flock episode. I'm Jonathan Fries here with Joel Swakowski. Hi, Joel. Can you remind us of what the verse was for this episode, please? Yes, we covered Romans 8, 28 through 30. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose, for whom he foreknew he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn uh, born among many brethren, moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called, whom he called, these he also justified, whom he justified, these he also glorified. And my, 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 do I feel responsible for my life right now? Oh, yeah. Holy cow. No kidding. Whoa. Do you want to know my initial thoughts? Yikes. I would love to hear them. Yikes. <laughs> my initial <laughs> thoughts are, man, we are, as a church in general, especially people who tend to be Calvinist or deterministic, are making it, making their life God's responsibility. Yeah. And it sounds so amazing to say that God reached down into the, you know, into the waves as you were drowning and pulled you out. Yeah. It's, it's, it's poetic. It's beautiful. But the reality is, is that um, we can choose whether or not to grab you're onto the his one hand or take the fault. life raft. <laughs> it's your fault you're drowning in the first place. Maybe. Yeah, why'd you jump? Why'd you jump in the water, ding dong? Yeah, right. Um, and it's yeah, and you need to ask for help to get out. Exactly. So, yeah, that's one of the things that's that's really hitting me in this in this episode. Um, what are your initial thoughts? I was struck by how in a season where we ventured to repair the reputation of the Bible. We, I remember when we were brainstorming what verses would we, you know, just off the top of head, you know, we, we had a meeting where it's like, okay, what verses would be good to cover some, you know, some common verses we've seen damage done with and, you know, famous verses that people use as a platform for some of these contradictory worldviews or, or beliefs. We didn't try to get four verses from the book of Romans in, in this season. That was not something we ventured to do, but this is, this is the fourth episode from this one letter that Paul wrote to the Romans. Hmm. What it's making me realize is it, it's actually confirming one of the, one of the two bigger issues that I see in the church as it relates to damaged doctrine, it's from what we've seen, mo the most damage done is people's misunderstanding of God's nature and of salvation. Right. And the letter to the Romans is largely a, a letter. Yeah, it can be complex at times. Paul's, Paul's not the most simple theologian to understand. But this letter is primarily about fundamental Christianity and about salvation. Mm. And it, 
now has not surprised me that a belief about salvation as contradictory as seemed to have gotten into the church would result in also having massive misinterpretations of the book of the Bible that talks about salvation the most. So I think I'm understanding why this book is misinterpreted so much. I think it comes down to the church's flawed view on what salvation is, generally speaking. Oh, and that makes so much sense. I mean, these, you know, when we talk about being responsible um, and, and how salvation works and truly how to walk this out, when you feel responsible, I know for me, when I first felt this responsibility, there's a tendency to go, now I need to just effort my way into doing the right things. And you go right. from right, like all the way from the loose side, like immediately over to the strict side and you yeah. just start efforting and trying to do these things. But to realize, you know, that this verse is talking about, especially, you know, um, the first, the, the first verse that we covered 28, where all things work together for good to those who love God and called according to his purpose, that this is faith and grace. And this is doing the causes of salvation. And the thing that I need to make sure that I'm doing is learning how to hear from God and take direction from him over time. Yeah. Not, yeah. not make it his response, make his salvation, my responsibility or try to work myself, work my way into heaven. It's like, right. Both of those things are wrong. I need to do my part. I need to do what is my responsibility, which is choosing to take direction from him more and more and more over time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Can you give us an overview of the damage done with this episode's verse? Yeah, the strict side doesn't understand God's nature. The loose side doesn't understand love. Both sides don't understand salvation. But it, it's interesting, they both understand salvation kind of, the response to it's differently, right? Where yeah. the strict side wants to say, no, God only chooses those who will, like, he knows ahead of time. And that means, yep, yep, I'll stand on my soapbox and say, God's sending people to hell. And he knew ahead of time who it was going to be. That's strict side. And I remember, uh, you know, Pastor Wayne, your dad, our first pastor at Music of Life Church, he used to say, I've never heard a grandparent say about their their grandchild who is deterministic or Calvinistic say, God chose my grandchild for hell. Right, right. <laughs> no, no, but, they, but these people, yeah, they don't want to say that about themselves or their loved ones, but the strict side's firm on, yep, God chooses. The loose side is kind of also firm on who chooses, that God chooses, but they'll end it with this, like, but eventually everyone's going to get to heaven because God loves you. So right. that's the, the listen. So they both do misunderstand salvation. It's the response to this belief about it. That's, that's really what separates the strict and the loose side. And it's interesting because there's no, with both sides, there's no responsibility on the individual. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right? It's all on God. It's, uh, yeah. I'm off the hook. And it's all just, well, either God is 
wrathful or God is love. Those are the two definitions we're really battling with. God is wrathful. He's going to send people to heaven and send people to hell against their will or God is love. Everyone's going to heaven. Mm -hmm. Nice. How would you handle a person who holds these man-made traditional beliefs about this verse? Well, Jonathan, let's take a look. It depends on what they believe. Here's some popular options. We'll go through five. And we're going to start with, you know, some of the perspectives that Apostle Tater and Pastor Rich supplied us with. So number one, God knew ahead of time who would love him. He's always known who he would glorify even before he created the world. My question, this was the, the response that Apostle Tater gave us. Do we appreciate him sharing these perspectives? I would ask, what's your definition of God? Maybe a, how does salvation work? And just cut right through the fat and ask the question, who gets the credit? Who's responsible? So again, a lot of these questions may sound familiar, but it's going back to asking questions about what they mean or how to apply the key words in which they're stating in their belief. So for instance, another one, this one was from Pastor Rich. God predestined everyone to eventually end up in heaven. I could ask, what does predestined mean? Mm -hmm. And how do you interpret the verses that teach that there are people who will end up in the lake of fire? Good question. So that does see that you, this is a perfect example. The first question is asking him what he means by the key word he used in his belief, in his statement. And the second question was me taking that, that statement, that belief he had and trying to apply it in a different area of the Bible. Mm -hmm. It's a great one, two punch there. Yeah. A loving punch. Cause mm -hmm. this is all, if it's done the right <laughs> way, the way we're advising it's for their benefit, right? A question punch. <laughs> a question punch. Wait, no, punch was the word I needed changed. <laughs> a question. A, a <laughs> How about that? How about a great, a great question? You changed the wrong word. You still said punch, Jonathan. <laughs> I love uh, it. Feels it. It does. Yeah. It does. Love, even love feels like a punch a lot it's, of the times. It's tweaky. It's tweaky, it man. Truth is, we talked about this. Truth is tweaky. Yeah. So here's another one. So we brought in the context, right? Right. In the context of Romans 8, 28 through 30, there's a verse that talked about elect, God's elect. So somebody could say, well, it even says in the context that God is electing people. He chooses the elect. He elects them or selects them. Some questions you could ask, how does God choose who he elects? Is his election a cause or an effect? Was uh, what was the episode that we talked about that? That might have been from the other Romans episode, um, because the select right the, the because yeah. the what's interesting about Romans eight twenty eight through thirty and Romans eight thirty eight that we covered the the episodes actually overlap in their context. So the context of which we covered in this in this episode runs into the context in which we we used in the earlier episode this season 
So they do they do work really well together. We talked about with elect elect is in effect. The cause is what we can say now. If you lived according to grace and faith, or Love you were glor you did the behaviors of being glorified by God. You glorified God, so God would glorify it, you. Right. He glorified you is would be another way of saying he elected you. Right. But what I'm asking this person is really is is his election a cause or an effect, which gets back to the predestination issue, right? It's cool. Is yeah. this something he chose ahead of time, regardless of your beliefs and behavior? Mm. Or was this something he chose as an effect of how you lived your life? Mm-hmm. Oh man, to your point early in the episode, we're doing everything we can to get out from under that responsibility of our lives, aren't we? Yep, our, our eternal destination. I don't want to. I don't want to be in charge of that. All right, number four. Here's one that I've heard preached from the pulpit at a church. It's the perspective. Well, it's both. God chose who would go to heaven ahead of time, and we have a free will to choose. <laughs> Yeah, it's both. Oh, that hurts. You know, it hurts my brain. It's this. It's this. Wh- which one's which one's true? Uh, predestination or free will? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, that does oh. hurt my brain. Oh, hurts my brain. I've literally heard that from the pulpit. So yep. my response to this is, well, isn't that a contradiction? How do you resolve the confusion that this is creating? Well, you know, your response to that, likely. so here we go. The response to that's likely going to be, we can't know how this works. Our finite minds can't wrap right. around that. So then really what the, the, the great response to that one, anytime somebody says our finite man's, minds can't understand it, you can have locked and loaded the question. Then why are you trying to explain it? Why are you explaining it? Why did you even share your perspective on this? So, or just admit you're wasting my, my time. <laughs> Not that I would even know because I'm so finite. <laughs> oh, yes. I love it that we should, we should have a, why have we not had a section of, of Joel Ayers grievances? Well, wait, wait a minute. Is that what this podcast has been about this whole time? It's been the airing of grievances. Joel, Joel's airing of doctrinal grievances yeah no see this is what it is i was just yeah i was full of crap earlier when i said we had a brainstorming session over what verses we were going to choose really the way that brainstorming session went was joel what are all the verses that piss you off (laughs) this one this one this one and i was like only 15 only 15 only 15 episodes oh man that's so yeah well this is great (laughs) <laughs> i'm yeah i'm i'm very passionate about this stuff i love it that's so amazing all right and then here's number five which this one is uh another one what i've been have you noticed i've, I've been very clear about borrowing from some very famous commentaries this one i yep. got right from a commentary and one of the perspectives was well foreknowledge means more than just knowing ahead. It includes determination and control. Right. Mm-hmm. Sounds kind of nice. Huh? I yeah. don't either. Um, 
So that's where it's just like, I mean, you could start by saying, what do you mean? Like, honestly, here's a so great. It's, so hey. it's worse. <laughs> so what you're <laughs> So yeah. wait, 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 oh, it's man. not just, it's not just knowing like foreknowledge means that God also has determined and controls and he knows. So okay. wait, what? It's just, it's just, <laughs> wait, wait, it's wait, Jonathan. It's not just that God knows everything. It's also that he's mean. <laughs> That's what that feels like, right? Oh yeah. Well, he doesn't yeah. just know ahead of time. He also controls things and determines your Oh, that's wait. just, oh, so yeah, he's so this not is just what... smart. He also is mean. Exactly. So wait, this is, wait, what's going on right now is he's in control and it's his fault and he knew about yeah. it ahead of time. Yeah, that is super mean. So God knows everything and he's a bully. He's yeah, a smart bully. Yeah. He's wait, not wait, wait, wait. just he's a, a bully. Sm- yeah, exactly. Oh. He's a smart bully. He's a strategic bully. Oh, <sighs> God forbid. So, I mean, here's a great one like seriously if your response to somebody making a statement like this is i don't get it then just ask what do you mean you yeah. can ask as simple and as big picture of a question as that can you help me understand that what do you mean mm. especially when it's one of these kind of more poetic or platitude statements that sounds better than what it means mm. you could just ask what do you mean but here it's like, well, you know what? When we do the whole foreknowledge thing, it's like, if God knows the future, doesn't that mean we don't have choice? Which may be the point this person's making anyways. And another question to ask is, you know, if people want to talk about deterministic or determination ahead of time or God being in control, which a lot of that's sovereignty stuff, the traditional perspectives of sovereignty, you just ask what's God in control of? They may say everything. It's like, okay, so then I don't have a free will. Yeah, you don't have a free will. All right, then why are you trying to help anybody? Yeah, why are you telling me about this? Right, what's the point? Yeah. Are you trying to change my mind? Because my mind is the way God determined it's going to be regardless of what you say. Or maybe you don't have a choice in trying to determine what I believe. <laughs> now we're in a, you see what this contradictions do? This is what we call just these eternal looping issues we have in our brain. And we just start overheating like an engine does. So we don't have, we don't, you know, like using the excuse of having finite minds means you're trying to make a contradiction work. And you're getting nowhere. Right. That's what that means. Right. You, we yeah. just have finite minds. No, 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 no. You're overheating your engine with your contradictions. Yeah. You're lo- all these. So what's happening is that the way our conscious brain works is we have thought loops. And when a contradiction's in place, you just keep looping. And what, what you want to do, what, what is healthy is for you to be able to conclude a thought, right? To have some closure over a thought. So what do we do? We add some statement like we just can't know in order to try to settle ourselves and to start trying to think about something else because our brains are, we are, we're just running on overdrive. Yeah. That's unhealthy. So really all these questions we're trying to do is we're trying to help people land. Right. Land on something. And so by having these contradictions or these platitudes of God's in control, what it does is that just in order to 
try to stop looping, you created a contradiction that you're going to loop yeah. on in a different way, which right. causes you to never stop. Right. Yikes. Well, I'm glad we're resolving it. So can you yeah. remind us once more what the ultimate answer is, Joel? Yeah, well, we saw God can take a bad situation and turn it into good, although it may not or will not result in the amount of good God originally intended. The way that is also represented is through salvation, through the processes of us being glorified. God takes a sinful person and creates some good with it by providing the means for salvation. So what we've seen is that God predestined everyone to either end up in the lake of fire or the new Jerusalem. And you receive glorification from God when you in faith choose to walk according to his spirit and not according to your flesh. And you are loving God by helping him bring about his will. And everyone has access to this choice. That's really cool. One of the thoughts that I had when we were doing the, what the flock episode was, you know, this idea that God intended us to, to gain a hundred dollars. We ended up spending five and then he can make that situation a one. Yeah. If, if we love him and, and we are taking direction from him. Yeah. You and I have talked about this a lot in our lives, feeling like we missed out on that $100. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I just wanted to 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 kind of understand is, you know, if God intended for me to have a hundred dollars, is it possible for me to botch a situation and then for him to provide another situation that brings me that one hundred dollars or even more in other situations? Because I feel like what you're talking about is, listen, this specific situation, God intended for it to be yeah. $100 and you botched it. So I, but I don't need to live my whole life going, I screwed up with that opportunity. So I'm never going to have any more money. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. So let's, let's be dissolve thinkers here for a minute, right? Take a step outside the context. Instead of just talking about one person's one person's plans that God had intended for them and go take a step back and think of humanity as a whole. Cause here's the reality. This now we're getting into some deep stuff here, which I love. Hey, milk podcast. Let's bring it on. Let's go. What this essentially means from what we said is that Jonathan, God had intended plans for your life and the sin in your life will prevent you from ever reaching what he intended you to reach. That doesn't mean you're not going to be in the positive. It means at the end of your life, if you were living alone by yourself, you're never going to get that hundred dollars. Really, if you look at it, if people never sinned, we wouldn't ever get reward. But because of sin, well, one, it prevents me from getting the, the you know, what, what I could have gotten out of my life. But 
again, a, a step backwards outside of just looking at my life and looking at the world, the humanity's lives. It's also the sin of others that allows me to have the opportunity to gain more than God ever intended for me. So because you also had a situation that you botched, I can end my life getting more than that intended $100. Because God's will still got to happen, right? Right. He's still calling. So, so in other words, another example of this is, yeah, there's been plenty of situations in my life where I haven't done what God's called me to do. And then there's a lot of those I've repented for and I've still benefited from. And I've still, you could say, I'm out of the hole. I'm in the positive as far as it, as it relates to reward. But there's also a lot of other people that are around me. I may never know this for sure, but there are a lot of, a lot of people around me who've also screwed up. Right. And who are a part of God's plans. Right. That you and I have stepped into, which was above and beyond what God ever had intended for us. Right, man. So that's where we can, even though we botch these situations, it is, it is the sin in us that prevents us from being all from, from being able to step into. So we're, we're not talking about necessarily who you are here, right? We're talking about what you do, what you have, all these opportunities, the purpose, your uniqueness, benefiting people outside of you. Yeah. God, called you to do this thing. You didn't do it. You're never going to have all the reward intended for you. Right. But so sin, sin limits us in that, but sin is also the thing that makes it available to us to be able to step into things that other people have denied or botched as well. Yes. So that's where it's like, I mean, I think that, that might be the thing you were trying to refer to is you and me both believe there's been large seasons of our lives where we've stepped into leadership positions that were never intended for us. Yeah. Being, being pastors. Right. Yeah. And all of the reward we're, we're going to gain from stepping into those situations is reward that God, if he may never have intended, but because other people either refused or screwed up in some way or did not want to love God and live out the purpose he had for them. We were able to step into situations and have greater lives and greater impact than ever before. So yeah, if you take a step out of the context of just that one situation, there are ways you're, we're not all doomed to having a worse life than what God intended for us. We can right. still be, we we can still have even you know, there, there's Bible verses where people even surprise God, right? Yep. We can have Jesus and God marvel at what we're able to step into. But unfortunately, I mean, you know, that's one of the, I guess, the collateral damage of God being right and just is humanity has a free will and, and we're the ones ushering evil into the world. But the silver lining to that is those who do love God and are called according to his purpose can step into those crappy situations and make them better by taking direction from God and benefiting everybody involved. 
to the point where things are even, they could be exponentially even bigger than the, an area that they botched. Yeah. So I yeah. could botch at that $100 area and God can turn that area and make a dollar out of it and say, you know what, Jonathan, there's this $500 area that yeah. that uh, that someone else has botched. Would you come and step in and take that $500? There's an opportunity yeah. for you to do that. And then by accepting Absolutely. that, yeah. well, I was intended for 100, but now I have 501. 501. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's just one example, right? So that could be happening all the time. Could be. So what do we do? It's like, it's good to know that it builds our faith that God is a restorer and a repairer and an opportunist and an encourager. Yeah. yeah. And, but I mean, at the same time, what, what's my responsibility? You said this earlier in the episode, in the, what the flock episode, it's just like, you know what? Each of us just needs to grow in our own ability to hear and take direction from God more over time. That's it. Yeah. So I'm going to read the verse that we've, uh, what we've learned today, according to God's language. So this is, this is with the doctrine, you know, clearly lined out. This is Romans 8, 28 through 30. And we know that all things can be made profitable, even if the original intended profit is no longer reachable. To those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. For believer and unbeliever, he foreknew, he also predestined, to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, believer and unbeliever, he predestined, that he also called, believer and unbeliever, he called, these he also justified. And yet, even though both unbeliever and believer he justified, it was only the believers he glorified. Woof! Beautiful. There we go. So it's separating believers and unbelievers. And, you know, uh, again, one of the, th the things that this podcast has taught me and in the season is how um eternal of an of a right and just optimist god is for yeah, humanity and he predestined all of us to we're limited to two places but the place with him was the place for humanity that yeah. was the plan right yep that was the the plan was for us to be with him but it's all comes back to our choice if we want to be with him yeah, or not Awesome. Well, thanks, Joel. Thanks to everyone who's listening. This has been the Music of Life Church podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please let us know. We'll see you next time.